Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. The life of electronic musician Moby is chronicled this weekend in the new documentary, Moby Doc. I spoke with Moby during the release of his memoir, Porcelain, and even addressed his Eminem beef. Moby, thanks so much for joining us, sir. Oh, it's my pleasure. What was sort of the impetus to, to sit down and write this? You know, why put pen to paper here? So the book covers my life from 1989 to 1999. And in 1989, I was living in an abandoned factory and I was making $3,000 a year and I didn't have running water. I didn't have a bathroom. And all I wanted in life was to get a record deal and to be able to DJ in New York. And so pretty soon after that, I got my first record deal and I started DJing in New York and I was part of the rave scene and the club scene. But I was also a sober Christian. And so the first half of the book, I'm this sober Christian in, you know, degenerate, crack-addled, gang-violent, riddled New York. And then halfway through the book, I go to this other extreme of being this crazy, dysfunctional drunk. And the reason I wanted to write the book was I was telling stories about this time to some friends of mine. And this was about four or five years ago. And someone said, oh, these are really interesting. And they sort of represent a New York that hasn't existed for a while. And so someone encouraged me to write the stories down, and that was kind of the beginning of the writing of the book. I mean, it sounds like you have a nice little character arc there. If, if this was fiction, it would be perfect, but this is a true story. How does your sort of arc, you know, grow from what you just said, the Christian to the end there? Well, so for the first five years of the book, from 1989 to about 1995, I'm DJing and touring and making records, and things are generally quite good. Uh... And I would have these experiences where at night I would be DJing at raves and sex clubs, but then during the day be teaching Bible study. And then about halfway through the book, I suddenly decided to start drinking again and went to this crazy extreme of dating really inappropriate people and being drunk all the time. And I made a record that no one liked and lost my record deal. Uh, My mom got very sick and died. So by the end of the book, my life has basically fallen apart, and the book ends the day before I release the album Play. So I thought my career was over, and uh, that's when the book ends, but then it turns out that things worked out interestingly after that. The album Play came out, and it was originally supposed to fail, but it just kept doing better and better and ended up selling over 10 million records. And so I went down this other rabbit hole of constant touring and entitlement and narcissism and really unpleasant self-importance. And that just got worse and worse and worse until I finally had to stop drinking altogether in 2008. 
Where do you stand? Uh, are you still doing the Bible studies, or where do you stand uh, faith-wise? Well, today I'm a middle-aged, sober guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> and faith-wise, I mean, we live in a universe that seems to be 15 billion years old. <laughs> so as much as I love the teachings of Christ in the New Testament, I also love Taoism and Sufism and quantum mechanics and you know, many other different faiths. So I can't consider myself a traditional Christian at this point just because I have so much appreciation for so many other religious traditions. Right. Sort of an outside-the-box uh, spiritual approach. So play was, you were considering that sort of your, your last hurrah, and it wound up being anything but? Yeah, I really thought that I was going to release play, and no one was going to listen to it, and I was going to end up teaching community college in Connecticut, and continuing to make music that no one would listen to. So when it ended up being successful, it was very, very baffling and surprising to me. Why do you call it Porcelain? What's the significance of the title for it? Well, the book is called Porcelain for three reasons. One, it's the name of one of my better-known songs. Um, two, Porcelain is white and fragile, and in the book, I'm white and fragile. <laughs> uh, and also, as I mentioned, halfway through the book, I relapse and start drinking again, and to be honest with you, in a little graphic, I do a lot of throwing up. By the toilet porcelain. porcelain. Yeah. So it just seemed like, as a title, it made sense. That title covers a range there. <laughs> yeah. How do you think growing up in, in Harlem, so I know this is you, it, the book sort of is 1989 to you know that specific period onward, but how do you think, you know, predating the book a little bit, how do you think growing up there um, sort of shaped your, your, your influences? Well, I had a very odd childhood. I mean, I think most people have odd childhoods, but socioeconomically, especially, I had a very strange childhood in that I was the only child of a single parent, and I was born in Harlem, and then at some point in childhood, my mom moved us back to Darien, Connecticut, where she had grown up. And Darien, Connecticut is one of the most affluent places on the planet, and I lived there for many years, but my mom and I were on food stamps and welfare. So it was really odd being dirt poor in what is arguably one of the wealthiest places in the world. Gotcha, gotcha. Where did the, the stage name come from? Where did Moby come from? I've always wondered that. Well, my legal name is Richard Melville Hall, mm -hmm. and I'm related to Herman Melville, who wrote Moby ah, Dick. Ah, Moby Dick. And so when I was born, my dad looked at me and thought that Richard Melville Hall was far too adult of a name for a tiny baby. And so as a joke... He started calling me Moby, and now, 50 years later, I'm still saddled with my infant joke nickname. <laughs> Love it. Call me call me Ishmael, call me Porcelain. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we're up against the clock, but I would be remiss uh, to my own nostalgic youth if I don't ask you, A, about where did Southside come from? Because that was all over the radio from play when I was growing up. And then, B, um, the Bourne theme. You know, John Barry and, and Monty Norman are tied to the Bond theme, but you're forever tied with Bourne. Matt Damon is, as is Paul Greengrass. Awesome. So I've done the closing credits for that. And Southside was such an odd hit single because <laughs> it's actually, it was a song written about a sort of dystopian post-apocalyptic future wherein life had ceased to have much meaning. And I thought it was very odd that, you know, it went on to become a top 40 single because the subject matter really is not the sort of subject matter that tends to lend itself to top 40 singles. 
Yeah, and um, outside of the t- sort of top forty realm, you've—I uh, mean—you've done that for sure. You've had, you've landed your hits, but I mean, uh, most of your music is is that really sort of you know house music, electronica. That have you sort of had the last laugh um, in terms of the you know I remember God, I remember Eminem saying you know nobody listens to techno, but it's huge nowadays. Yeah, I mean, my background as a musician was very odd because when I was very young, I played classical music. And then I played in punk rock bands, and I was a hip-hop DJ for a while. So I love electronic music, but, you know, from my perspective, it's, it's one genre that I like to play around with, but one genre among many. But it was, yeah, it was funny for Eminem to say nobody listens to techno, and now you have these events with, you know, 100,000 people in a sports stadium dancing to electronic music, so... Clearly, I guess people do listen to techno. <laughs> Have you guys made up at all, or is it just left left it alone? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Eminem is a smart, very talented musician. Um, I haven't really talked to him in a long time, but I, I wish him well, and I, you know, I hope that he's doing okay. If he read your book, what right reading this book might say, I'm going to check Moby out. Well, because the book is it's about me because it's a memoir, but it's also very much about the sort of evolution of New York from 1989 and the world of dance music and the world of electronic music, but also just this sort of almost archetypal story of like a young, naive kid moves to the big, dirty city and largely gets destroyed by it. That's like a midnight cowboy journey, man. Um, Final question. Moby Gratis, the the website where you let you know in, indie filmmakers and, and film students and everyone all these this great catalog of awesome music to use. Right? How'd that come about? Well, when I was in college, I was a philosophy major, but I had a lot of friends who were independent film students, and they found it really difficult to license music for their movies. So I started this website, MobyGratis.com, that just gives free music to film students and independent filmmakers and documentary filmmakers just as a way to sort of try and help them out with what is sometimes a really difficult process. Awesome. Well, you heard it from Moby. In, from indie film to blockbusters like Born, he does it all. Um, check out the, the new book. It's called Porcelain, a Memoir by Moby. Thanks so much for, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Oh, thanks. It's a pleasure talking with you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.